The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I'm your host, Tim, certified sex educator, your local chaotic homosexual. And what is the difference between a genealogist and a gynecologist? Well, a genealogist checks the family tree and a gynecologist checks the family bush. Now, <laughs> oh, still got the same effect. Okay, perfect. Demi. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm a it was good. Out. It was good. It was a really good joke. <laughs> good around the second time. I am roseate up, uh, and we're just going to have a little bit of a fun, messy time today because this season of Sex Out with Tim is just going to be all about experiences and conversations and just like hanging out with the coolest people. And for those of you listening, my chlamydiates, my dear chlamydiate hive. As my <laughs> listeners are, that very beautiful dulcet tone that you hear on the other end of the mic is none other than the host of the Hookup Horror Stories podcast. Please welcome to the show, Demi Wild. Demi, hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. I feel like you and I have known each other for quite some time, mostly because of Instagram. I think it causes like this sort of parasocial connection. I I agree. Uh, yeah. Right. It, it, it feels like we, we've known each other, but this is like literally the first time that we're talking to each other. So instead of me talking about you, why don't you talk a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to the listeners. I'm Demi. I am a author and a sex educator. I talk about sex on the internet. I, I started off doing a little bit of writing. I write poem short stories and that evolved into blogs which i now write two blogs i have one called a deviant's guide to sex and the deviant diaries both are kind of my exploration about sexuality what it means my own experiences and that also translated into a podcast called hookup horror stories where i talk about sex and dating and i interview people on their crazy dating stories Oh my God, deviant. I love that word. <laughs> Me too, but it's a great word. It, it, it's, it's great, right? But for those of us who are not too familiar with it, what exactly does it mean to be like a sexual deviant? Well, sexual deviant is actually a highly stigmatized word. It is an antiquated term, which means it's just, it's not really in fashion. Um, and it was basically a medical term that meant perversion. It was kind of used in medical settings. It, it was basically used to like categorize strange sexual urges, you know, things like things that deviate from the norm. Uh, psychiatrists do it and it kind of diagnosed a wide range of things, you know, anything from like kinks and fetishes to uh, homosexuality to illegal things like rapists, bestiality or pedophiles. So 
you can see how that word is kind of highly stigmatized and it and you can see where the problem comes from you know yeah the fact that even iconic sex educators such as masters and johnson they thought that same-sex sexual relationships were like out of the norm Hmm. i was like I mean, in their defense, whatever, like it was old times, but still like it's not 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 great. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the problem came from, you know, categorizing, you know, you know, everyday homosexuals with rapists, you know, and I think that happens a lot today anyways. But, you know, people lose their lives because of these kinds of terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not the same thing, folks. <laughs> Uh, Demi, I wanted to ask you more specifically about your journey mm-hmm. as a sex educator, because <laughs> you and I were both fabulous sex educators, and I always love listening to the origin stories, if you will, of these unsung heroes. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about it. Well, sex has always been something that has interested me personally because, well, number one, back in the day, I just didn't really have the verbiage for like what homosexuality was. And my experience in sex ed was not up to snuff. It was kind of like you put the condom on the banana and that was pretty much it. You know, then, then, you know, I kind of started exploring, you know, my sexuality in my younger years. I started writing a lot of like short stories, things like that. So I really like, and then it kind of evolved into like MySpace days as well, where I, I would write kind of like these, like, I don't know, like early, I don't know, like sex in the city style, like blogs or whatever, <laughs> kind of like categorizing people that I've dated or, you know, just really exploring like relationships and stuff like that. So again, you're really feeling a Carrie Bradshaw era, (laughs) really feeling a Carrie Bradshaw type thing. So that was kind of like my MySpace days. And then that kind of evolved over time when I discovered podcasting, I kind of had my own experiences and uh, I wanted to share those experiences with people. And I've done so with, you know, my blog and my podcast and talking with people and, and, then from all this comes this this vast amount of knowledge with nowhere to go. So where do you put it? You put it on the internet. <laughs> That's true. When it, everything that bubbles up our, in our experiences just feels like word vomit. It's like, nah, I got to tell my story. I got to tell all of these stories. I feel you. Yeah. 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 It, it, it came from a like, a like a necessary therapy, I think, because, you know, I didn't really know a lot of things. I didn't really like. I felt a lot of shame talking about these stories or I, I didn't have, I didn't know anybody else had these same experiences as me and you know, come to realize, Oh man, like everyone kind of has these experiences, you know, sex isn't always pretty. It's not the way that it's meant to be on movies and like romance TV and stuff like that. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot more uh, crazy than it, that it can. And nothing really prepares you for that. You mean to tell me that sex is messy and not like in a porno? It's not like in a movie? <laughs> what? <laughs> it is not like, like that at all. It is uh, quite insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what has been your most chaotic sexual experiences? And feel free to define chaotic in your own definition. Oh, boy. Um, well... <laughs> I think a lot of like experiences that I had come from, you know, meeting strangers on the internet, essentially, (laughs) you know, 
Uh, <laughs> of course. Not really knowing that, you know, the dangers that might entail from that or, you know, just being young and dumb and horny and, and not really knowing better for myself. I, I, you know, Craigslist comes to mind. There was a lot of that, a lot of that happening. <laughs> I was just curious. I've always been a curious person, a little more in touch with my body than others. But yeah, it's just a lot of like crazy Craigslist experiences or, you know, a lot of shame attached to these stories. I don't know. It's just a lot of like weird shit. <laughs> but Craigslist, that's so wild. Like, did you go all to like the misconnections section of Craigslist? Never misconnections. Well, I'll tell one story because it's quite funny. And I, you know, trigger warning, there is some scatological content about to come at you. So um, there was this one time where I, I went on Craigslist and, you know, RIP to Craigslist, first of all, because Craigslist no longer exists in the way that it used to, especially for sex workers and you know, all, all that jazz. Back in the day, I was on Craigslist and I met up with this guy who, you know, was a, a straight, straight acting, straight presenting, straight identifying person. And he ended up coming over and this is the first time when I actually figured out like what douching was. <laughs> so it was like, I guess I have to do this now. I don't know what happened beforehand. We've never douched like when I was younger and we never had problems, but for whatever reason at this time, douching became a thing. And then, so this guy comes over and I was like, well, I don't know how to do this. I guess I'll just figure out how to do it with a water bottle. So I used a water bottle as a douche. <laughs> No. Not realizing that water can sometimes get trapped up there. Yeah. <laughs> and so this heterosexual man comes over, you know, quote heterosexual man, mm -hmm. um, comes over and, you know, the first thing that he wants me to do is get on top of him. And so I was like, great, let me just write it and I get right on top and immediately I go down I was like, it's a wrap. Something is going on. Something is terribly wrong. So I pull up immediately and it was probably just like a waterfall of like water and feces and God knows what out pouring all over this poor man. <laughs> and I don't think I have never seen a man get up and run so fast out the door. <laughs> I was like, I am so sorry that this happened. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. You're not the first and you certainly will not be the last because uh, the body's going to do what it's going to do. <laughs> That's just truly. The, yeah. That's just a fact of life. I think that guy was, I don't know, that's just very immature because guess what happens at the asshole? Shit's going to come out. Like, <laughs> I don't know, deal with it. Like, be a grown-up and get some baby wipes and keep going. Well, it was it was more than just, let me, let me say, it was more than just baby wipe worthy. It was, <laughs> it was like a waterfall. <laughs> I was trying to defend you. I would get up. No, no, no. Do not defend me. No, no, no. I, it was, it was a ridiculous amount <laughs> like, of shit water we, on this poor man. Are we thinking like the waterfall that you see in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in that big room? It was like that? It is exactly that. It was wow. the chocolate waterfall. 
Oh my god. I'm gonna leave that to my pure imagination. Um. <laughs> Come with me and you'll see. <laughs> Not the come with me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Do you write this in either Deviant Diaries or Deviant's Guide to Sex? I don't know if I've told that story specifically on the blog yet, but uh, I've definitely told it on many occasions because I'm 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 just wondering where this poor man is to this day. Like, I, like is he traumatized from this the experience? That's so funny. <laughs> I would not be surprised if he's never touched, like, a butt ever again. I'm wondering, is there any difference between the Deviant Diaries and the Deviant's Guide to Sex? Yes. So the Deviant Diaries is kind of my own personal experiences, and that will eventually be a book one day of my memoirs. Uh, and then a Deviant's Guide to Sex is kind of like the antidote to the Deviant Diaries, <laughs> because it was kind of like, you know, from it's a lot of research involved. It's a lot of, you know, like exploration. I have to like, you know, it's basically like a modern how-to guide for sex ed. You know, it kind of goes into all kinds of things. It goes into, you know, sex in the media, you know, the Madonna horror complex, you know, ethical non-monogamy, like all kinds of things. And it's it's kind of like just my my modern take on a sex ed book. Oh, I love that. That is very much giving sex in the city. And I love that. I mean, <laughs> I also have my blog on my website called Sex, Love and Other Wreckage or Slow. And it's where I go and tell all of my dirty horror, horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> Just your typical accounts of a retired sex worker and all of the mess that came with it and afterwards. I was wondering, what are some of your more, like, memorable, favorite sex memories? Oh, oh good? Like, not horror stories? <laughs> let's, let's, let's change the tone a little bit, but then we'll get to the more horror stuff of it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it's always funny, because, like, you know, the good ones are never the ones that really, like, stick out in your mind, right? <laughs> it's always the bad ones. It's the, always the traumatizing ones. I know! As far as good horror stories, I'll say, I would say uh, there there was a, a couple, there have been a couple that started off as horror stories, but they were actually kind of like positive stories in the end. I would say probably the time I lost my virginity was the time it was kind of like, you know, it could have been a really bad experience, but it really was not. It was a really great experience. The guy I lost my virginity to, who I've actually just recently saw in like February. Um, <laughs> he... He's lovely. He's 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 doing great, um, but uh, yeah, like it, it was definitely so. It, uh, let's say, okay, this is exactly how it happened. So basically, I was invited over to a birthday party. It was a slumber party. Myself, him, and a couple like female friends. At one point during the night, we were all watching Mean Girls, and we ended up like going upstairs. You know, after the girls fell asleep, we're like, let's go upstairs. So we went upstairs, and. Uh, he, you know, was very, you know, patient with me, first of all, because like, he knew this is my first time and very patient, very understanding. And it probably took like a full hour for like it to get in, you know, cause he was quite big. <laughs> wow. Congrats. <laughs> but we worked hard at it, you know, <laughs> um, keep pushing through, keep pushing through. And he, uh, and he is 
you know, it was very, you know, patient, you know, we, we, we did it, we got it there. And then, you know, we finished and like, that was it. We fell asleep the next morning. Our plan was to go to the beach and, um, I decided to wear white shorts for some reason. I don't know. I was trying a thing and I guess during the course of like the, the sit down, I was still possibly bleeding <laughs> going to the beach, I guess was like sitting down for a long period of time. The, the red, like saturated in the white shorts. And oh as God. soon as I got up out of the car, when we reached the beach, the beach, there was a small like red stain uh, on the shorts. Oh and he God. was the first one that noticed it. And he was like, hey, hey, wait, like, don't go anywhere. He grabbed a sweater from like his, from like the back of the car and like wrapped it around my waist. He was like, you're good to go now. And I was like, what happened? He goes, you're fine. <laughs> Your cherry was popped. That was it. Oh my God. Like, yeah. So, and, and honestly, it, it, that would, it could have been so much worse. And like, we just had a lovely time at the beach after that, but the kindness that was kind of shown during that moment and like the, the kind of just like, Oh man, like, you know, just, you know, cover that up and we'll be fine. You know, that's so sweet. I wish it was very sweet. Like <laughs> I wish more guys were it like that. Oh, cause like, I know. Like I remember not too long ago, I went over to this guy's house. He like contacted me from grinder and he was like, Hey, you're hot. Would you be up for a breeding session? And I was like, Ooh, hello. And beautiful man, beautiful dick. And we basically fucked nonstop for like two hours. And he was just pounding away at me. And I was like in bliss for all two hours. And like when I tell you this guy came the biggest load, it was like I was basically a Boston cream donut from Tim Hortons, like just filled <laughs> to the brim. And he asked me to come over again and you know i thought i prepared and i was like i i i guess this is gonna be good enough even though it was like you know a tiny little bit of tint of brown when i like uh flushed out but i was like okay this might be good enough went over to his house he starts fucking me and then like maybe three minutes into it i felt something start to pour out and I was like, oh, God, oh, God, please, no, please, no. Pour out? Just pour, like, not quite Willy Wonka chocolate level, but I'd say maybe, like, more of a, like, a tiny little puddle, I guess. (laughs) But it was just, like, it was small enough that it turned him off. And I thought that I could keep it going. I rushed to the bathroom because it wasn't even that much anyway. And then uh, while I'm in the bathroom trying to clean up everything, I hear him over the kitchen sink gagging. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I tried to salvage what I could. And he's like, (laughs) maybe next time. It's okay. It happens. I thought he was cool with it until I got home. And then I opened Grinder only to see that he blocked me. And I was like, I I thought this guy was going to be cool, but, you know, whatever. It was only like the second time, but still, I'm like, (laughs) I don't know what's so difficult about understanding that shit comes out of your asshole, especially if you're going to be having anal sex. Like, it happens, 
God. So, yeah. I think there's a cognitive dissonance with it, you know, and particularly maybe closeted men or people who, you know, kind of, you know, don't really want to think that 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 happens or if they're in that heightened scent or or heightened state, then, you know, they kind of forget that shit comes out of there. (laughs) But (laughs) the reality is, is shit happens and you are fucking a dude and, you know, man up. (laughs) I, I, I don't know how else to put it other than, yeah, face the truth that poop's gonna come out get some wipes and move on. So like, what do you recommend that guys take more of when it comes to like breaking the stigma around anal sex or just sex in general? Honestly, just, just be open about it. Like just, I think conversations like, like this that are, you know, real that this does happen being aware of it and, you know, communicating with partners maybe beforehand, like, Hey, I had Taco Bell tonight or whatever. (laughs) Like, you know, maybe it's not a good night or, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I think just, just being open and being communicative of the fact that, Hey, it's a, but, you know, shit happens. Over the years, I feel like I have gotten better because I haven't had an accident happen to me in quite some time. That's also Mostly because I've been very cognizant of what I eat, my fiber intake, my douching routine. Any advice for people who are just starting out with anal sex? Well, I will say get a proper douche. Do not use a water bottle like I did. (laughs) (laughs) I had a shower shot at one point. I will say the water in that comes out really fast so water does get trapped up there more than if you just use a handheld one so that would be something to watch for you know i think a lot of you know the fancy gays have the shower shot but it's like you know that's not always the best option Mm -hmm. now when it comes to actually douching only douche so much don't over douche because what you can actually do is upset the flora and the fauna of the bacteria in your anal region of your rectum and that can cause infections really really bad infections so you know stuff that you can be hospitalized for so do not over douche and also do not use hot water i had a friend of mine who thought that it was much better to use hot water like scalding hot water and he was literally burning himself on the inside and not realizing it No. So, yeah, it was really, really bad. And he was like, is this supposed to be happening? And I said, no, it is not. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, just be aware of how much you're doing it. And, you know, be sure to um, or even I would even suggest not doing it at all. Like just monitoring your 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 food. That's true, because like. <laughs> What did we do before douching? We kind of just let things (laughs) as it is. Like, I think in reality, you don't really need to douche to have good anal sex. It's really just the kind of food that you eat and, you know, things that are very high in fiber, like, you know, eat from the rainbow, eat your broccolis, your, your greens, anything that's high in fiber. And like insoluble fiber, take some psyllium husk if you want. And you should be fine. 
I had a friend for whatever reason, he would brag about how every time he poops, it's like squeaky clean. And I'm like, how? He's like, yeah, I just eat a lot of fiber and vegetables. I'm like, that's magic. <laughs> Chicken, rice, and broccoli for every meal. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Or at least 24 hours beforehand. Yeah. I was like, how? This is wild. Yeah. Wild. Get it? Your last name. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry. I had to put that in there. <laughs> but yeah, I honestly think that gays have a lot to learn when it comes to this. Even though, like, you know, who better to learn about sex from than a gay guy? Because we're basically around the block. Our hole is essentially as come in as a welcome door, welcome sign on a door, right? <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes. What's up, all you sick fucking perverts? Don't you just love love? The Love Shop has everything you need to feel the love in the air or in between your legs, wherever you want, really. They've got everything from vibrators, lubes, lingerie, and even full-sized sex dolls. <laughs> wow, I guess love really does come in all shapes and sizes. Visit loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and use code sexedwithtim at checkout for 15% off the whole store. And the best part is that they ship all over Canada, US, and... What? Ireland? To all my whores in Dublin, top of the morning to ya. <laughs> That's loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and check out code sexedwithtim for 15% off the entire store. Now get to fucking. Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do. Only my listeners are sexy as fuck. I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. Head over to dalekuda.com, that's D-A-L-E-K-U-D-A.com, and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 25% off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me. 25% off. And cherry on top. Free shipping. Oh my god. I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me. And girl, I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there. And I'm on the train. I'm just like, uh, 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 thank you, Dale. <laughs> That's dalecuda.com with the code sexedwithtim for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping. With a deal like that, I swear I could come buckets, honey. The show is about to begin. Yes. I have a YouTube channel and I post on there pretty regularly. And I post a lot of like sex ed videos and stuff. And I kind of explore like sex from the pop culture perspective or explore kind of like trending topics or celebrities or politics, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I, I read a lot of like news stories and I kind of just regurgitate them. But uh, I have one coming out this week. Uh, and one of the stories in it is about the story out of Texas. And there was a sex ed teacher who was fired because she was actually found to be escorting. And <laughs> she was like on a bunch of like panels and stuff, like things to suggest to students, like what they should learn 
about sex and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But she was actually fired because they found out that she had a criminal background because, you know, she had been arrested a couple of times for prostitution, legalized sex work, first of all. But it's like, you know, she was a sex ed teacher. So wouldn't you really expect that you would want your kids to learn from someone who is knowledgeable? For sure, legalized sex work. But I'd even go further than be like decriminalized sex work. Because legalization and decriminalization are, I think, two very different things because legalization has like, you know, they have to follow specific set of rules or whatever, whereas decriminalization, leave it to the sex workers to regulate it. So, yeah. Also, like, that just goes to show the stigma around sex work as well. Because why why is it that, like, when we use our brain for labor, that's fine. But if we use our genitals for labor, all of a sudden that's like whoring yourself out. It's because America is such a puritanical culture that we, True. you know, think we have such high morals and everything. But in reality, you know, our morals don't really reflect what life is like for most people or quote unquote morals don't reflect what life is for people. You know, and so I think a lot of people get left on the sidelines, you know, such as sex workers or addicts and you know, things of that nature where people just aren't really understood as much when we can really learn from people. We can really learn from these people. You may find this interesting, Demi. So for those of you who don't know, I uh, work for a charity called Let's Stop AIDS as my full-time job. And we do this survey every year called the Sex Lives Report. And what the Sex Lives Report aims to do is to see how young Canadians are behaving sexually and where their knowledge is at. Now, because we are an AIDS-focused charity, we do want to test the youth and see what they know about HIV, AIDS, and PrEP, PEP, everything around it. In 2023, out of 1,000 Canadians, so a thousand young Canadians, which is basically like a pretty good sample size of the young Canadian population. When asked how knowledgeable are you about U equals U, 57% said that they're somewhat knowledgeable. I'm like, oh, okay, more than half. That's great. However, I heard this story actually. Yeah. When asked, if they would feel comfortable having sex with someone with an undetectable viral load, they said, no way. So I'm like, what's missing here, baby? What's like the missing link? You said you're somewhat of an expert, so you know about U equals U, but all of a sudden you're like, no. I, I don't know. Like, what do you think is the disconnect there, Demi? Well, it's because HIV still has such a stigma, you know, even though we've medically come as far as we've we've gone, you know, we have medication that literally takes care of everything for you, that it creates, you know, a, a way for people to be totally fine and not transmit the virus and to be healthy and, you know, live long, happy lives. It's still kind of socially stigmatized and you know, even even though people are understanding of it now, I think people still it's kind of, a, you know, I think herpes is actually another thing that people are really mm-hmm. stigmatized about. Yeah. And people think their life is over if they get herpes. It's like 50 percent of people actually have herpes, you know, that <laughs> and like they just don't actually show symptoms. But like, you know, everyone kind of has it. 
And so, it, but people still think that their life is over, you know, because of this, because of these, you know, these viruses. So it's, it's just a thing that we have to deal with. And, 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 you know, by us sex educators, like having the conversations with people and like sharing information. And I think, I think that needle is moving. It's just moving slow. Slow. And when it comes to something like breaking stigma, I feel like we need to remind ourselves that this is not a sprint. It is a marathon. I think some progress is better than no progress at all, which is like me stretching for some modicum of optimism. (laughs) But, you know, I, I do like to see that more young people are getting interested in their sexual health and they're getting curious. I just don't like that they're going on TikTok or their first Google search as like uh, their first point of contact. Uh, not great. <laughs> so that's why that's why people need to listen to Demi and to me. <laughs> and <laughs> Well, here's the other kind of argument to this is like, yeah, a lot of people, they get their information from TikTok. And I think TikTok and Instagram are really great vital tools for educators to use to get messages out there. But when it comes to sex educators consistently being censored or flagged or even just outright banned from Instagram and TikTok and stuff like I've been banned from Instagram and TikTok twice now. You know, I've, I've, I'm no longer allowed on TikTok. They, you know, my content does not get seen. Um, I've had to start over my Instagram account because I just kept getting flagged for everything. So it's a lot of kind of like dancing around the subjects and kind of figuring out how <laughs> how to work it. <laughs> you know, I've I've lost like fifteen hundred followers because I've had to restart. You know, uh, awful. I have just recently had the pleasure of being suspended from Instagram. When, if you really look at my Instagram, it's not even like that explicit. It's just me promoting my episodes every now and then posting a, like a very sexy meme, but there's nothing ever like full penetration on it. <laughs> so I don't understand why. You know what? No, that that's a lie. I understand why. It's because Meta is very like anti-sex and you know, whatever. Stop silencing us. It's, it's so annoying. Uh, it, like, I, I don't know. I, I get very anxious when I use Instagram now. So, you know, they're essentially harming, I think, is the word I want to use. Because when you're censoring sex educators who are giving out valuable and potentially life-saving information, you're taking that information away from someone who might actually need it. So how, how do you expect to lower SCI rates, HIV transmission rates, and you know, unwanted pregnancy rates if these sex educators are not you know, visible on the platform? I don't know how to do and it. And also, and also, uh, the fact that anybody can be posting information on the internet, and a lot of that is misinformation. 
So, you know, I see a lot of people on Twitter. I see like the, the, you know, people on TikTok and stuff that are putting out really awful information, really bad advice to people. And, but they're not getting flagged. But meanwhile, I post, you know, a, a, a meme about how anal sex works or something. And it like gets flagged. Honestly, there is some wild and unhinged information out there. Demi, let me tell you the most recent tweet I saw. It was a tweet that said something along the lines of when a man ejaculates, uh, part of his cerebral spinal fluid comes out with it. I've seen this. Yeah. You've seen it. Yeah. Uh It's crazy, right? What? I was like, um, I would like to follow where the vast deference enters the spine. I, I, I really want to see that connection over there because <laughs> how is it coming out? How is it connected? I'm just like, whenever I see shit like this, I'm like, cite your sources. What are you talking about? Where did you hear this from? You idiot. Right. And the funny thing is when they tweet something like that, it's always accompanied with community notes disputing that tweet <laughs> so clearly they're wrong so what i and it's mean, always incels and it's always incels who have never seen a fucking vagina before incels. like i don't understand why people get off oh. <laughs> this is why sex ed is so important because these people still have no fucking clue how biology works <laughs> exactly exactly this is so strange this is why we need to be funded we need the sexual sciences to be funded we need to have more conversations like this we need to have more conversations like the ones on my show the ones on hookup horror stories i do want to share a little bit of a hookup horror story and (laughs) you may find this kind of wild Sorry, because your last name is Wild, I'm going to keep using the adjective Wild. (laughs) Oh, I use it all the time. It's my favorite word. (laughs) Right. So you may find this hilarious, but basically what happened was this guy called me over and we had wonderful sex. It was amazing. It was like, oh, I don't know, 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. It was great. And... After sex, which I thought was amazing, he says, hey, I'll be right back. I just need to get some cigarettes from the corner store. 3 a.m. It is now 4 a.m. With this man nowhere to be seen, I go back on Grinder to text him. I'm wondering if he's okay. <laughs> and just like nothing. I'm like, it shouldn't take you an hour to... Pick up cigarettes from the corner store? <laughs> What's going on here? And so it didn't occur to me until like maybe hour, hour and a half mark that I have been ghosted in somebody else's apartment. <laughs> so I kind of just chilled and squatted there for a little bit and like turned on his. Wait, you were work. at his apartment? Yes. Yes. That is so bizarre. <laughs> so it wasn't until like maybe hour, hour and a half. I figured I've been ghosted and I just like turned on his Netflix. And then I was like, all right, I guess you're not coming back. Peace out. And then I ordered an Uber home. <laughs> I should have literally like, I don't know, used his Uber Eats account or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> that that I think that's happened to me once before. Like I've gone to somebody's house or hotel and like they just like dip. It's like, you know. You don't have to lie. 
to like, you know, get, get me to leave, you know, you can literally just say, Hey, I'm done. Can you go now? And then you're free. You don't have to lie. (laughs) Why do people think it's easier to lie than just say I'm done? (laughs) Why is it so difficult to just be like, Hey, I'm finished. Uh, (laughs) Actually. Cause I'm that way. I'm like, once I'm done, I'm like, get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Go leave. Uh, I'm going to take a shower and it's going to take me five minutes. If you're still here, I'm going to call the cops. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Awful. Luckily have not had to do that. (laughs) Thank God. Almost have, almost have, but no, I know. Oh God. Demi, I'm like getting tired of dating apps. Like, should I stay on it? (laughs) No, 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 absolutely not. No, get off, run as far as you can. I'm telling you, this is something that I'm I'm really passionate about. I don't think dating apps are a good place to meet people. I don't. I think, you know, some people have a success on it, sure, but those are the exception. They're not the rule. A majority of people feel the same way as you and I about them. They are very difficult. It's mindless. It's shallow. It's vapid. It's literally, it's swiping. It's a video game. It is a video game experience there. It's a business. They're not in the business of helping you find love. They're in the business of you giving them your $40 a month, which is an insane. Yeah, they're in the business money. of exploiting Sorry. your feelings. Exactly. That is exactly correct. And so, you know, we've replaced this, you know, genuine connection with people that we meet in real life with this video game uh, imitating romance, which it is not. That's not how you meet people. You know, you meet people in real life. You get connections with people. You have shared experiences. You have shared goals. You have shared interests. That's how you meet people. I'm I'm so close to just deleting Grindr and Scruff. But you know what? What keeps me on Demi is the glimmer of hope that there are actually decent guys out there. And as evidenced by my very recent fuck buddy who I've been seeing since September, we met over Grinder, and not only do we have amazing sex every like week or so, but we're bonding. We're, we're like friends and we go see musicals and we have discussion about geopolitics and stuff. So it's like, I know there's just a, a small population of very well-intentioned gay men out there. And that's what's keeping me on. But I know it's for the majority. It's awful. <laughs> it's just not the place to meet people um, in general. It's just not, you know, it's 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 for a for a one and done kind of situation. Uh, There are exceptions to the rule, you know, but I will say if it's really affecting your mental health, if it's really affecting your self-worth, then I would say get the fuck off and never look back. You know, you can find people in real life. Where do you suggest people start connecting, especially for queer people? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? It's like, you know, we've become so accustomed to the digital age where everything's just kind of right at our fingertips. The issue is, is like, you know, if you want a long-term relationship, you need to put in the work. And when, you know, people are just aren't willing to put in the work anymore, you know, with your friend that you've met and you and your fuck buddy that you have, that I think that's, that's an amazing thing. That's, that's a beautiful thing. 
because you can connect on other levels other than sexual. But, you know, but, you know, this has been for years, for decades, for hundreds and thousands of years, people met in real life and they, you know, they meet in places where they have mutual interests, you know, take a cooking class, take a yoga class, you know, find a Facebook group of like a bunch of like gay nerds and like kind of filter your way through them. If you're into video games, you know, um, there's lots of ways to do it. You just have to get a little creative and you have to work a little harder. That's true. And I feel like when you're meeting someone in person, you get a better gauge of who they are and like, those red flags, even though <laughs> my favorite pride flag is the red flag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you consider as a red flag? Just out of curiosity. Oh, I have so many. Um, <laughs> chewing with the mouth open. If I, if I can't hold a conversation with you about, you know, I don't know, necrophilia, for example. <laughs> <laughs> We can we can go into that if you want. I, I have a deep dark obsession with uh, really weird, um, strange sexual things such as necrophilia or cannibalism. So if I can't have a conversation with you about my interests, like that's a red flag. If um, I have, you know, if if you don't have a good relationship with your mother, if you don't tip the waiter, or you know, there's so many. I have so many. And that's the thing is you don't really know when you're younger, you don't really know what your red flags are. You, you don't really understand where your boundaries lie. So you kind of have to learn. There is kind of a learning process when it comes to re- interpersonal relationships where you do have to explore your boundaries a little bit. You have to do kind of have to push yourself sometimes if I know where that line is for you. Mm-hmm. I agree. My red flag is when he doesn't brush his teeth. <laughs> oh God. I literally dumped somebody because of this one time we were dating for, we were dating for months and he would not shower or brush his teeth. And I'm Damn. like, you need to fucking brush your teeth. It's disgusting. So I literally dumped him. My other red flag is when he has the whites on the corner of his mouth and he Ew. just doesn't wipe it off. No, that's that's a white flag because that's when you give up. That's like you're like, no, <laughs> yeah, I surrender, please. <laughs> what do you suggest people like make a change in their dating life and their uh, dating app usage, or just like how whatever it is that we're getting wrong or right about sex education? Final thoughts. Well, I would say if it doesn't feel good, stop doing it. You know, if you are not getting the responses you want on the apps, if you're not, um, you know, if it's starting to affect your self-esteem, if it's starting to affect your mental health, you should definitely seek alternative routes to that. You should get help when you can um, because it's, it's, it's real. Like people really, you know, they, they put a lot of effort into, you know, finding love, finding uh, community, finding people that really get them. And when you're not getting that, it can really hurt. So putting yourself forward and uh, understanding your boundaries when it comes to that kind of stuff and you know, learning where your limitations are is definitely probably my best advice I can give to you. Yes, love it. And uh, I, I, I could not have said that any better myself. So before we end things, I do want 
to play a little game, Demi, if you would humor me a little bit. <laughs> of course. Let's do it. I love games. So before we hit record, we were talking about the kinds of TV shows we watch. And I, as a Food Network gay, have just interacted with you, an HGTV gay. So, yeah. <laughs> without further ado, I introduced this segment in this season called Home or Homo, <laughs> where I will give you a bunch of titles and you are going to have to guess whether it's an HGTV show or a gay porn, hence Home or Homo. Uh, I'm going to let you know right now, these are quite challenging because when I discovered the overlap, I was like, wow, who on the board of directors at HGTV greenlit any of these? <laughs> See, I feel like I'm going to be really good at this, though. I feel like I'm going to be really good at this. because I'm really good at, discern at discernment. We'll see. We'll see. Ready? Here's the first one. <clears throat> the first is Cousins Undercover. Home or homo? That is a homo. Oh, I'm sorry. That is home. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Cousins undercover. Every neighborhood has one. That local hero who makes life a little easier for everyone around him or her. Now is America's chance to celebrate neighborhood heroes in a big way. Yeah. It's one of those like uh, extreme makeover home edition kind of. So you things. nominate like your cousin or whatever. HGTV's cousins Anthony Carino and John Culinary give one hero a surprise of a lifetime. So you would think that they're like cousins that are like getting together, but apparently it was just <laughs> two cousins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. This one's even harder. Get ready. It's called Gut Job. This has to be HGTV. Yeah, good okay, job. Yeah, I'm like, this, this has to be. <laughs> Real estate agent and designer duo Kate and Darren Man Mancuso take on impossible projects no other flippers would touch in Cleveland. Now, when you think gut job, let, let, let's be let's be a little honest with ourselves here. Gut job, like rearranging your guts, you know. <laughs> I get that, but I'm I watch a lot of HGTV, so like I know what a gut job is. Okay. It's like when you're renovating a house and it has to be like top to bottom renovated because there's so many like damage and stuff. So I know what that is. Like it has to be HGTV. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. Next one down the list is called Cross Country. Cross Country. This sounds like a homo. Yeah, good this sounds job. Like, like a track it, yeah, track and field themed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Of course it is. Of course it is. Look at that cover. <laughs> Just like the most Photoshop, not even Photoshop. I think this was done on Microsoft Paint where the model is like fully naked, towel around his neck and like just plastered onto the most generic landscape that they could find. <laughs> <laughs> just like, the why? worst Photoshop ever. I know. It was just like, really? <laughs> All right. Now we've got uh, three more to go. So here's the okay. next one. This one's called Top to Bottom. Oh, this one could go both ways. <laughs> I feel like the intention should be homo. Mm -hmm. But I, but I think it's going to be HGTV. I'm sorry. That is oh, homo. <laughs> yeah. Very explicitly homo. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Yeah, just look at that the cover. Just like this bottom is just screaming that in is pain. A thing of beauty. The guy <laughs> the top is His face. Like, oh, I'm just gonna drown it in there. Like His face is yeah. just in pain. Just absolute like agony. Um <laughs> FYI, for all of those listening, anal sex doesn't have to hurt, but if you like it, then sure. <laughs> it, it, sh- it shouldn't hurt that much. It shouldn't hurt that much. My God. Okay. Next one is called Hot Mess House. I'm going to say HGTV. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Home. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Organizing expert Cass Arson helps overwhelmed clients with their messy spaces. Yeah, that's good. Hot Mess House sounds like... One of those kind of like along the lines of frat boy entertainment kind of porns. <laughs> it's, it's this sounds like some trap houses I've been to. Yeah, <laughs> sketchy sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, very that. All right, and the last title we have here is called Beach Rats. Beach Rats. Mm-hmm. That is. That's a homo. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's again giving like the California boys who are like, you know, just twinky or jockey. Why is this guy wearing a crucifix? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, he's just trying to praise the Lord. That's what he's trying to do. That's true. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Demi, thank you so much for playing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, can you please make like a butt and plug away anything you want the audience to find? <laughs> of course, yeah. So you can find me on YouTube. My URL is youtube.com slash at Dimitri Wild. You can find my me on Instagram at Dimitri Wild underscore. My podcast, Hook Up Horror Stories, wherever you get your podcasts. And also on my YouTube channel. My website, DimitriWild.com, where you can get my blogs however that is under construction at the moment so you can't find it there just at the moment but it will be up soon other than that you can just follow me on ig that's where i usually am that's where i post everything i'm always on there every day yay and to all the listeners that made it this far into this chaotic house conversation thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the sex ed with tim podcast please do not forget to rate review and subscribe because you are supporting gay content sex education content and if you don't you're a homophobe sorry i don't make the (laughs) (laughs) rule it's true they're homophobic if they don't give us that five stars (laughs) so it's true yeah thank you for tuning in to another episode of sex ed with tim and we will see you at the next episode bye thank you Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at Sex Ed with Tim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah!